For the past four weeks, we've been reflecting on the greatest of Jesus' speeches, his greatest of teachings, the Sermon on the Mount. And today we conclude the series, not because we've gotten to the end of the sermon, we still have two more chapters to go, but because we come to the end of the season. By this time next week, we'll be well into the season of Lent with the the readings of that holy season. But before we leave it, I propose we look at the bookends that we hear today. Did you notice them? From Leviticus to the end of the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, sandwiching so much of the truths of the Gospel. On one end, the last line of Leviticus, you should love your neighbor as yourself. That passage, we know, chosen by the Lord is the second of the greatest commandments. You should love your neighbor as yourself. And the other bookend, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jim, hit that heat, would you please? The first can sound so easy. Love your neighbor. Sounds like a nice thing to do, right? And the second, so hard, be perfect, almost to the point of being irrelevant. Let's see if we can, by fleshing them out, have them meet in the middle. Love your neighbor as yourself. It commonly gets uh, mistaken for the golden rule, which you find just two chapters later, still in the same Sermon on the Mount, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, let's divide it up. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those three parts. First of all, the love, right? Choosing the good of the other. Not just a feeling. Feelings are, are good, of course, but it can't just be a feeling, and I'll, I'll prove it to you, because God's not a bad psychologist. If love were a feeling, it could never be commanded. And yet he commands love, right? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't command someone to feel something. Feel happy. Feel sad. It's absurd. But to command them to choose the good, to desire the good of the other, that is what the essence of love is putting the other ahead of ourselves. And who is the other? Our neighbor, the one who is nigh, the boar who is nigh. The etymology is very interesting. The, the one who is near, the one who is before you, but also the one who is a bore, <laughs> the one who is a bit of a, an inconvenience. Note, it doesn't say love the person that you've never seen. It doesn't say love humanity, but love your neighbor. For the unseen person will never bother you. Humanity will never get under your skin. Humanity doesn't cut you off on the way to the grocery store. Humanity doesn't park in your favorite parking spot when you're on your way into church or take your seat when you get in there. Humanity doesn't eat the last cookie that you were saving or fail to put the toothpaste cap back on the tube. Humanity doesn't do any of those things. But our neighbor does. 
In fact, sometimes our neighbor strikes us on one cheek. And what are we to do? No, not cower in fear, not flee for our lives, but we're to stand our ground. We're to turn the other cheek. We're to love him or her, the neighbor that is before us. It's hard. Some would say, nigh impossible. So how is it possible? For the Lord has commanded it, but only by his grace. And we are to love our neighbor how as ourself. If we didn't catch it the first time, we'll catch it this time. Love is not a feeling. Another proof of that? Because we don't always feel like loving ourselves. Even the person who's completely egocentric, a complete narcissist, doesn't always feel loving like loving himself, feel like he's on top of the world. But... But when we look at ourselves as God does, wow, there are those changes in our lives that are particularly hard. Some in our community feeling it right now with the the change of the Mass schedule. This is the last week of a Saturday evening Mass. It'll be different for many of us by next weekend. Whatever the change, whatever the struggle, whatever the the neighbor, he calls for love. Even though that can seem impossible, it is possible with his grace. So that's one bookend. On the other, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But wait, we're only human, right? Nobody is perfect, Father. I know. And it can sound completely irrelevant if taken just at face value. But dig in a little bit. Push against this one. Luke, in his telling of the same sermon, puts it this way. Be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. How so? Be other. What is the essence of who God is but love and mercy itself? So instead of just dismissing the idea as completely impractical, completely impossible, I'd put a different word to it. Be weird. Be weird as your Heavenly Father is weird. Be willing to stand out. Be willing to go against the grain. I noticed it this week with our painters. You know, we were doing the work in the chapel. And as they were coming in, I thought we had it all figured out. But the owner said, but can we do this as well? actually making more work for himself, not charging us more, but just wanting excellence. We hadn't even thought of it. Yeah, okay, thank you. (laughs) And then some of his workers, later on that day, I was on the phone with my sister, and I see a couple of them on the far side of the the property. What are they doing, I say? Oh, they're having a cigarette break. (laughs) My sisters thought, clearly these guys don't know how much smoke you like to have in the church. Thank you, Karen. But they knew, (laughs) whether they could articulate it or not, there's something different. There's something different about lighting up a cigarette than it is about having holy incense. The incense of the church is to be other. 
is to be transcendent. It is to remind us of the holiness of God, to be weird, to be something other than what we see day in and day out. Be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Can we find a way to meet them in the middle? I've got two simple suggestions for you to help do so. Number one, read the rest of it. We've only made it through the first chapter over these past four weeks, chapter five of Matthew's Gospel. When was the last time you read the whole sermon? Five, six, and seven of the Gospel of Matthew. It's the greatest of all Jesus's sermons. Pick it up. See how it is that the Lord calls us to love our neighbor and our God, to be like him in being merciful. But secondly, this week begins the season of Lent. If we wait till Ash Wednesday to come up with a plan for Lent, then we've waited too long. How can we love our God and love our neighbor in these next 40 days? How can we put ourselves third by putting God first and our neighbor second in our lives? If we do so, not only will we be loving, but will be perfect as our Heavenly Father is.